Welcome to the Achievable FINRA Podcast. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable. We have affordable FINRA courses for the FINRA SIE, Series 6, 7, 63, 65, and 66, with industry best pass rates. Each Achievable course includes everything you need to pass the first time, a full textbook, videos on key topics, thousands of questions backed by our memory-enhancing algorithm, and full-length practice exams. You can try it out for free at achievable.me, and if you like it, the code PODCAST will get you 10% off at checkout. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss in a future episode, please contact me at tyler at achievable.me with the subject line podcast topic. Now, let's get started. So today we have Brandon Rith, Achievable's FINRA author, the author of our courses, on the show, and he is going to walk you through broker-dealer registration. This is a topic that you will see on the NASAA Series 63, 65, and 66 exams. And as a part of his walkthrough, he is going to go over an Achievable course problem, which I will link to in the description of this episode. You will not need an account in order to access this, and you'll be able to uh, follow along as Brandon speaks and tells you about broker-dealer registration. In order to operate as a broker-dealer in the securities industry, a firm must go through the registration process to adequately register itself as a broker-dealer. That might sound confusing, but basically there's a bunch of paperwork that has to be filled out, a bunch of protocols and rules to be followed, and there are certain requirements for these firms that must be in place before they're allowed to work with customers. The whole point of the registration process is to make sure there's some kind of oversight over these companies because these companies have an important job. They help their customers buy and sell securities and their customers typically hold millions or billions or sometimes trillions of dollars of assets and place them in the control of the broker dealer. And these registration rules are in place to make sure that the proper protocols are followed at all times. In this video, we will cover the most important aspects of registration and the most likely concepts that will be tested on the exam. First and foremost, broker-dealers must file Form BD, and that stands for broker-dealer, with the appropriate regulator in order to at least get the ball rolling on registration. As you've already learned in the achievable materials, there are a number of different disclosures that must be made on Form BD, like what's the business history of the firm? Who are the firm's officers, directors, or partners? Has there ever been any kind of criminal history related to the firm or its officers, directors, and partners? What's the financial makeup? What's the structure of the company, etc.? All of these things are disclosed on Form BD, which is then filed with the appropriate regulator. Most of the time, the appropriate regulators will be the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, and the state administrators of the states in which the firm will be operating in. So, for example, if we have a broker dealer operating in Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, they will file Form BD with both the SEC and the state administrators in those three states, unless they have some kind of exclusion that they might claim, which would allow them to avoid registration. The only time that might be different would be if we have what we call an intrastate broker dealer. That would be a broker dealer operating in one state only, and the SEC typically does not get involved with businesses that are operating only in one state. So for example, if we had a broker dealer only operating in Florida and that's it, that broker dealer would likely only register with the state administrator in Florida and the SEC would likely not have jurisdiction. 
Alongside Form BD, firms must file what we call the consent to service of process. The best way to think about the consent to service of process is that it appoints the state administrator as the legal power of attorney for the firm should they not show up for some kind of legal proceeding. Now, an important thing to keep in mind of is that the consent to service of process is a one-time only filing. It's only done with the initial registration and it never has to be renewed no matter how long the broker dealer is in business. This same rule applies to agents, investment advisors, and investment advisor representatives as well. In addition to the consent to service of process, a filing fee is also required to be filed. And this is a very common test concept that a lot of people encounter on their exams. If they ask if a filing fee is required, the answer is going to be yes, 99 times out of 100. The only time that you might say no would be with what we call a successor firm situation. And that would occur if one firm became part of another firm. So for example, broker dealer A buys out broker dealer B and brings them into their business and now they're just a bigger business. There would be a filing required to be made with the state administrator, but that is the only time a filing fee is not required to be paid, again, with a successor firm situation. When a broker dealer files its registration paperwork, they have to disclose a number of different financial aspects of their company. And the reason for that is to basically make sure that we don't have broke companies in the securities industry. Probably not a good look if I'm depositing money at a company and they're buying and selling securities uh, on my behalf. And oh yeah, by the way, this company is like on the edge of bankruptcy and has like no money to their name. So in order to avoid that, broker dealers must maintain a certain amount of net capital, which basically is a certain amount of money and assets at their disposal to make sure again that we don't have broke companies in the securities industry. Most of the time, you're not going to encounter questions on how much they must obtain, but the important concept here would be understanding that broker dealers have minimum net capital, not net worth requirements, but net capital requirements. Investment advisors, the other type of firm we discuss on this exam, those are the ones that have net worth requirements. A surety bond, which is basically a form of insurance should the broker dealer run into some kind of problem or if they mess something up for a customer, a surety bond might be required to be posted by a broker dealer. A lot of the time that really depends on how big the broker dealer is. So for example, if we have a huge broker dealer that has billions or trillions of dollars of assets under management, then they probably don't need to post a surety bond just because they have so much money and assets at their disposal. But a smaller broker dealer, maybe that's just starting off, likely would have to post a surety bond. We said this up front, but Form BD also requires the disclosure of all officers, directors, and or partners of the firm, which are basically the executive level staff of the company. When those people are disclosed on Form BD, they are automatically registered alongside the broker-dealer if all the right components and necessary documents are submitted. Now, this doesn't mean that officers, directors, and or partners avoid licensing exams. They still have to take their tests. It just means that they don't have to fill out a separate U4, which is the registration form that agents and investment advisor representatives use to register themselves you will learn more about Form U4 later in the achievable materials. After Form BD is filed, the consent of service is submitted, the filing fee is paid, etc. If all the necessary components are submitted to the regulators, 
the registration of the broker dealer is granted as effective on the 30th day after filing, typically at noon. This is a test concept you wanna be really careful with. Registration is deemed effective, but it is never approved. The regulators really don't like that word approved because I think it gives the idea that maybe the regulators like what these firms are doing. No, effective registration just means that they can legally operate in the industry once that occurs. Once effective registration is attained, it will last at least until the end of the calendar year. At that time, it will technically expire. If the broker dealer plans on staying in business through the new year, it's really important that they re-register. They'll have to pay another filing fee when they re-register their firm. And it's important that they do that at some point in time in December, hopefully earlier in the month. Uh, if the firm gets to the point where they don't get the re-registration processed by the end of the calendar year, technically their license will lapse, which is not a good thing. Let's take a look at a practice question to see how we might be asked about the material we just learned. All right, here we go. A securities firm applies for broker-dealer registration in a state. What statement is true regarding the registration process? All right, go ahead and pause this video if you wanna see if you can answer the question and then we'll break it down together shortly. Okay, let's see if you have the answer. Let's go ahead and break down each answer from beginning to end whether it's right or wrong, to see if we can better understand what we need to know. The first answer, barring any setbacks, registration is approved on the 30th day. You probably remember that we talked about Form BD has to be filled out, a lot of disclosures, and if that's submitted with all the right documentation and the filing fee, registration is typically granted on the 30th day after filing. So that might seem like a good answer at first. I mentioned 30 days, hey, Seems like it matches. But there's one key word here that makes this an incorrect answer, and it is the word approved. Remember, registration is granted as effective, but it's never approved. The regulators never want to seem biased, and again, the word approved, it does come with some kind of element of, hey, this firm's doing a good job, or this person's doing a good job. The regulators don't approve registration, they deem it effective, which means they can legally operate in the industry. And just because that one word in there, the A word, approved, that is an incorrect answer. That is false. Next, broker-dealers must meet minimum net worth requirements. If you remember, broker-dealers do have to have a certain amount of money and assets at their disposal to operate in the industry because, again, we don't want broke companies working with customers in our industry. That would be a bad look. But broker-dealers don't have net worth requirements. They have net capital requirements. Investment advisors are the professionals that have net worth requirements. So again, it's just one word that throws this answer off. If we change worth to capital, then cool, we have the right answer. It's net capital requirements. But because it says net worth, it's that little simple thing that makes that an incorrect statement. All right, next, officers, directors, and partners are included on Form BD. Okay, we talked about how broker-dealers have to include their executive team on their form BD. And it's really important that's disclosed because we need to know who's running the company. There's really nothing there that we can argue against, right? They, they are included on form BD. And in fact, they are registered alongside the broker dealer, meaning they don't have to file their own separate registration form, form U4. So that actually feels very much like the right answer. 
Now, although that is the third answer in front of us right now, it's really important that we keep going through the answers just to make sure that the last answer, we can somehow say it's incorrect or false. That's always a good idea to do that. All right, last answer. When the firm operates in an agency capacity, it will charge markdowns and markups. We didn't discuss this in the beginning part of our video, but this goes back to the original legal definition of a broker dealer that you learned about earlier in the achievable materials. Remember the term broker dealer is kind of an oxymoron, meaning two contradictory terms put together as one term. Brokers connect buyers and sellers and earn commissions and brokers act in agency capacities. So if that answer said a firm operating in an agency capacity earns commissions, that would be a true statement. Now onto the word dealer. Dealers buy securities into their inventories at marked down prices and then sell those securities to other investors at marked up prices, earning what we call the spread. When a broker dealer acts in a dealer capacity, we also call that a principal capacity. And those are the terms we'd really want to associate on that side. Dealer, principal, markup, markdown. So in this very last answer, we have terms mixed together that should not be together. Agency, broker, commission, ABC, versus principal, dealer, markdown, markup. So that last answer there is incorrect. So bottom line, officers, directors, and partners are included on Form BD. That is our true statement. All the other statements are close, but it, it's one or just a few words that are throwing them off. You gotta be careful on this exam because the test writers are gonna try to throw you off and you gotta pay attention to the details to get something like this correct. Great, thanks, Brandon. This has been Achievable's FINRA podcast, hosted by Tyler from Achievable. Achievable has courses for the FINRA SIE, Series 6, 7, 63, 65, and 66 with industry best pass rates. You can try each of our FINRA courses for free at achievable.me, and the code podcast will get you 10% off at checkout.